sack Is that all you get for your money? And if that's what you have in mind Yeah, if that's what you're all about Good luck moving up Cause I'm moving out Good morning and welcome to Oklahoma Real Estate on the Move. This is Mark Carr, team member of the Becky Ivins Real Estate team, sitting here with Becky Ivins. I think I'm the only energetic person in the room, which is very odd. <laughs> it feels like a sleepy morning with snow on well, the ground still a little know. bit. Like a walk, like you see a little patchy from our snow flurries last night. Blowing all over the highway on my way in and uh, 28 degrees. So Marissa and I, we were uh, sitting down for dinner, and then the snow st- came in, and so we immediately said, "Alexa, play. It's beginning to look a lot like Christmas." Oh, by Michael Bublé. Oh, all and right. Here's a little Michael Bublé. Yeah, got in the mood. It was nice. It was yeah. nice little snow. Well, and you had Thanksgiving last week. So that's what it was. The only Saturday that we that our uh, large family could all they could all come together and and it was the only saturday my mom was in town so we did thanksgiving last saturday so we're all set for christmas we're just ready to go okay get that tree up (laughs) you know i had thought about putting it up and um last night and just went no i'm not quite not it's i'm one song you know what we did last year we were in florida and flew in the night of the 23rd and did not have a tree up at all (laughs) <laughs> and on the 24th, we decorate. Now, we we left it up the same amount of time we always do, which is uh, a month. So right before, right before uh, I think it was Valentine's Day, we probably took it down. I'm not real sure. <laughs> it was a lot of trouble for one day, so we left it up a little while. That's I, Well, I'm ready for the season, I think. so. Yes, we are. Are people still buying houses? They absolutely are. That's absolutely amazing, are. isn't it? Yeah. 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 Uh, everyone thinks that folks have stopped buying houses. When will they stop buying houses? Uh, they don't stop buying they houses. They don't. That's the issue is that this is always, it's, it's not just a desire. We have a need for home. We have a need for a place called home. Yeah, there you go. So, well, we have Ron Shalott, probably our most requested guest with us today. Good morning, Ron. Good morning, Becky. Good morning, Mark. Good morning, Ron. I'm going to tell you, so I told you my mom was in town last week, and when she heard that you were going to be on this week, she was disappointed that she wasn't going to be here for this week. So you you, you have fans out there. (laughs) Yeah. And, And, I mean, where does she live? In Indiana. Oh, there you go. Yep. Indiana. In well, Fort that's Wayne, not, Indiana. Not too far from where I grew up. I grew up in Illinois, so just yeah. one state over. <laughs> the Big Ten rivals. That, there you go. There you go. So if you want to call in uh, in the show and uh, ask a question to Ron Schlott, it's typically this is a busy um, show that people love to ask Ron Schlott questions. You can give us a call at 405-840-1000. That's 405 405- Eight four zero one thousand. You know, we uh, promoted the show last week, uh, saying Ron's going to be here. So I've, I do have a couple questions that I think I have three or four actually that people called in and asked. Um, no, I have not put my Christmas tree up yet. Okay, that, that, <laughs> that was, was not one, the, one question. That yeah. was not the question. However, here here is the question: uh, We missed your spooky show. You usually come on about 
Halloween time and tell us scary things that are happening in the law. So do you have anything? Can we do a delayed spooky segment to where you can tell us something scary that's happening in the law? Well, some of the changes that are going on are kind of scary, but uh, really the next time I'm on and you you said you'd have me back sometime soon before before 2024, I think. Oh. Uh, <laughs> and uh, we'll be doing, or well, I think we'll be doing, a uh, what you need to do to get your stuff in order. There and, you go. And not putting up, not, not talking about putting up the Christmas tree, but uh, other important things. And that's kind of scary because there are some scary things, and, and you know a couple of them because we've, uh, we've got some situations that uh, we're jointly involved in that are, kind of scary where things happen in life so we're going to have that uh, things happen in death as it turns out yeah well that's part of uh, the process and uh, we can't seem to stop it so we just have to deal with it and in that regard uh, you know scary is a couple years ago when i was here we talked about this new u.s supreme court case of mcgirt and you might remember it when i came on here I alerted you that case got decided, and I told you that was going to be something to watch. Yes. And Do you know something? Now, we've got – who was it? Joe. Joe, yep. Has uh, a buyer that does that needs this information. And in the McGirt case, that's where the United States Supreme Court uh, ruled that the Indian tribe, and there was the Muscogee Creek tribe especially that they were looking at, was not disestablished and therefore still not only in existence, but as a result, uh, the state court, uh, which was in Oklahoma, uh, could not prosecute an Indian tribal member for a crime occurring on tribal land. And why that's become important is where is tribal land? Well, a lot of northeast Oklahoma is tribal land, and so that called into question things such as traffic tickets and a whole bunch of things uh, now that we still don't have the answer to. That's what's kind of scary is that now we're two years plus later, we still don't have the answer to all of it, but we are getting some indications. So there's been some updates. One that we've talked about a little bit earlier this year uh, when you had me on uh, with uh, uh, the title examiner, uh, the title company guy. Yeah, uh, which would be Ken McBride. Ken McBride, yes. Chicago title. Uh-huh. Uh, I, I just blanked on his name for a second. That's scary. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but uh, we talked about the Oklahoma versus Castro Huerta, that uh, the state, according to the U.S. Supreme Court, now the state could prosecute a criminal action against a non-Indian tribal member, even if it occurs on tribal land. So now we're getting into the the details because what's a tribal member and and where this uh, becomes important uh, here is that you get into how does this go into civil cases? Does it go into real property cases? How does it affect real property cases uh, as well as civil actions? In fact, uh, just this week, uh, the U.S. Supreme Court heard arguments on a case involving the Indian Child Welfare Act, which has been around for a long time, which uh, tries to give uh, precedence to uh, tribal members to to keep children uh, into the tribal community. And there are, of course, you can imagine cases where uh, a child is 
adopted or seeks to be adopted or placed outside of a tribal member and does the tribe have standing to to contest that it's a non-criminal law case but that's something to watch because again we're talking about these kind of relationships then then on wednesday just this past wednesday here in oklahoma judge stephen fryatt uh he's a federal court judge here in, in oklahoma city out of the western district has ruled that the state does not have the authority to regulate surface coal mining and reclamation operations that are on tribal reservations located in Oklahoma. All of a sudden now we're getting into the property and the civil law aspect. He's real clear to say it doesn't get into the civil, but we'll see. That's a lot to unload. We may have to talk about that a little bit more. Uh, this is why we love having Ron Shalad on. We'll be taking your calls if you want to join the conversation at 405-840-1000. We'll be back right after this on Oklahoma Real Estate on the Move. Welcome back to Oklahoma Real Estate on the Move. We have on the line our money man, Dean Riddell. NMLS number 196-895. Dean Riddell from SWBC Mortgage. How are you doing this morning, Dean? Good morning, Mark. How are you doing? We're doing fantastic. Tell us what's happening in the market. There's been lots of news this week. Well, you know, you saw a little rate improvement uh latter part of the week. So uh, things are good. I mean, it's... Uh, People are, are buying, people are selling, as you kind of uh, alluded to prior to me coming on the phone. It's still a great time to buy a house. Well, and, I mean, things went down into the sixes on percentages for 30-year mortgage, right? They dipped their toe into the upper sixes, Becky. Yep, so we're <laughs> the, the six and three-quarters, six and seven-eighths was, was a number. Well, if we wanted to get that say six and three quarters again what would we have to do could we like grease your palm and make it happen gosh i'm ready you know and and becky (laughs) i read something again the other day that said you know the 30-year rate over the last 40 years is seven and three quarters so it's it's that perception that uh with buyers that you know i'm not going to buy because rates are at seven percent Seven percent is not a bad number, you know. Again, you roll it out over time; uh, it's just got to level off. I think we have, and we kind of saw that dip dip back down into the into the sixes a little bit. But you can buy points. You you can, and and you can probably, you know, I had a couple of uh, buyers yesterday, and and they're putting down thirty, forty percent, but they could get down six and a quarter. Six and an eight, so that that big down payment helps pricing that credit score. You know, when I've been on the show in the past, we talked about credit score, and credit score is real, and it it does impact pricing. So the things that impact the percentage rate charged over the thirty years or fifteen years, whichever way you go, are the credit score makes a difference, right? Correct. Okay, and the amount of down payment makes a difference. Yes. Okay. Those, those are the two, two, two of the biggest components. And then the amount of money interest that you're willing to pay up front, which is discount points. 
to discount Correct. that thirty year rate. So if, if and typically doesn't it take like two discount points to go a quarter of a percent down? Yeah, the, the typical rule of thumb before the you know. 2023 rate increase. I'd always say one point will drop you typically, typically a quarter in rate. Wow. So, you know, but if you go today's environment with volatility, it may cost you a point to drop a quarter. It may cost you three points to drop half. Right. So that's where you get into the, to the woods with buyers and you measure what I call measure that money over time. Uh, if someone wants to pay a point and drop their rate a quarter, that break even is about five and a half years. Well, that's a, we can all see that a little bit. Right. But uh, if someone's paying a fortune and their break even is 13 years, they keep, I don't advise it. It's 13 yeah. years. Very few know, people stay in their them. homes that long. No. So. Agree. So, our great encouragement to you, listeners, even if you're just thinking about thinking about buying a new home, it's great to sit down with Dean Riddell, sit down with our team, and just make a game plan. You can give Dean a call at 405-858-7770. That's 858-7770. Or go to BeckyIvans.com, click on Becky's Favorites. You'll see SWBC Mortgage right there at the top. As always, Dean Riddell, we appreciate it. Welcome. Thank you. Have a great day. Okay. Now we're back to Ron Shalott, my attorney at law. So... uh we're still talking of the tribals. We still are talking, and we need to. Because you got one more new thing. Okay. This is, this is new. This is breaking news uh, for the most part, uh, is that uh, our Oklahoma Supreme Court, that's our highest uh, court in Oklahoma, appellate court in Oklahoma, had two cases, uh, Milne versus Hudson and Wren versus Yates. Milne was just decided on October 25th, and Wren was just decided this past week, have just held that the Oklahoma state courts do have jurisdiction to enter a victim's protection order, in other words, a civil order, even though the situation involved citizens of sovereign Indian nations and the violent acts occurred within both the boundaries of the state of Oklahoma and the Muscogee Nation. So that's a really interesting development. Uh, Our appellate court uh, said that we do have uh, – the state does have jurisdiction to issue uh, civil protective orders. So, you know, where does it go from here? That's the great question, but we're, it's a constantly developing area of the law. We're finding out that some of the old things that we thought are still fine, but there may be some new things out there, and it's something for us to watch and, and keep uh, in mind when we're looking at our situations. So there's a lot to this because the thing is, is that it involves whether or not the, I guess, victim of a crime of is native. Is, is a tribal member. Tribal member, okay. Which, you know, who's, who's a tribal member? And, you know, it's one of those things that uh, people uh, you know, can have a formalized tribal membership but we're also seeing uh, situations where people say, well, I am a tribal member even though I don't have a membership card and going into establishing it that way. And we're not sure exactly how that's going to work out. But you have those situations that have really created some issues in the state of Oklahoma as to 
such things as, as taxation, such things as you know, civil actions, such things as our victims' protective orders, which, of course, are very important. Uh, do we have to go to tribal courts or can we go to the Oklahoma state courts? And those are questions that are uh, coming up uh, and to be uh, determined from the uh, 2020 uh, McGirt case. And can someone who is not a tribal member take something be- in front of the tribal court? Well, if that's where the jurisdiction lies, you you can. For example, and we've had this situation for years where uh, we have contracts uh, with uh, tribes uh, and a breach of contract situation uh, or you have a situation where a person gets injured on tribal lands uh, those really go within the jurisdiction of tribal courts. Uh, there, and there are even uh, tribal probates uh, where wills involve tribal land. So there are times where the uh, the sovereign tribal nations have primacy. There are times where they have uh, authority that is coextensive with the, the state, and there are times that the state cannot get into it, and therefore it goes to the federal government, which is what Judge Friat's order uh, was about the Surface uh, Mining and Reclamation Act, which was a federal statute. And he said the federal uh, Congress has preempted the field, therefore the state can no longer govern it. So uh, that's the, not been appealed yet. That's a district court finding. Uh, but again, just this week, Wednesday. Wow. And how about taxation? I mean, like property taxes. Do the property, you know, Larry Stein comes on and tells us how much of each tax dollar goes to uh, law enforcement, uh, schools, different things like that. How about tribal land and like ad valorem taxes? Right. Now, we know sales tax uh, if you, uh, does not uh, – that you don't have to charge sales tax. So that's why a lot of people go and buy – uh, cigarettes and beer in tribal stores, uh, but uh, it's it's a different uh, taxation method. But and we also know from uh, tags, and you see a lot of uh, car tags in Oklahoma with the the tribal uh, tag, and that's why is uh, they are taxed then uh, according to the the tribal sovereign. So we do have a lot of areas that uh, are really being debated and contested, and some of it is. Oklahoma or Oklahoma agencies uh, against the tribal sovereigns. And, of course, we've had uh, with uh, the governor's situation about uh, the gaming issue, and that's still in flux as well. So a lot of this is is changing. Uh, It's a new landscape, and we're going to see where it goes. You know, the Child Welfare Act, I believe, that we talked about back in my social work days, which was a very long time ago. That would have been 45 years ago. But even back that long ago, uh, we took great care in Oklahoma County, which is where I worked, uh, to make sure that a tribal or a Native American was placed with a Native American, a child, would go even in foster care. Uh, they took great care to see to it that, and they probably took that care because it was lawful, right? <laughs> well, and you you get into the questions of equal protection. That uh, why do we treat that different than any other ethnicity or any other membership or uh, 
any other uh, national uh, origin. So it's it can be a very uh, touchy situation, especially when you're involving kids yeah. and uh, and what's best for children. Uh, is there somebody and you know is it have it has to be with that particular tribe? Well, what if there isn't anybody? qualified in that particular tribe some of these tribes are not very big or have a whole lot of membership so it, it can be uh it can be difficult well and there's the i think that with the native americans that we i i think their culture is emphasized in our state so rather than ethnicity or race it's more of a cultural thing so I love when we have Ron Shalot here. I open up my mind. I do a lot of listening. And we'll be back with more on Oklahoma Real Estate on the Move News Radio 1000 KTOK. Welcome back to Oklahoma Real Estate on the Move. This is Mark Carr, team member of the Becky Ivins Real Estate team, here with Becky Ivins and her attorney at law, Ron Shalott, and it's time for our word of the day. Our word of the day is brought to you by Robbins Roofing, where their word every day is trust. You can trust Robbins Roofing from a small repair to a complete replacement. You can give them a call at 728 3700. That's 728 3700. What's our word of the day? Patriot. Patriot. I know. It seems like off the wall, right? It's not off the wall. Veterans Day was yesterday. There you go. What is a Patriot, Ron? Well, it's not the New England football player, if that's what you're thinking. (laughs) But uh, Patriot, let's see. It's a person who vigorously supports their country and is prepared to defend it against enemies or detractors. So you think of our veterans who have uh, – some have given up their life and – well, they all have given up their lives in a way. Some have lost their lives and others are still uh, uh, feeling the effects of, of their service. But uh, they have uh, supported and defended our country and uh, we certainly honor them and appreciate their service. Of whichever war or conflict or police action or whatever we want to call those things where we send people – to uh, defend our country and our interests. So thank you, veterans, and thank you, active-duty military, all branches. Absolutely. If you want to call in today and join the conversation, the number is 840-1000. That's 405-840-1000. We have Jerry on the line. Good morning, Jerry. Good morning. How are you all? I'm doing great. How are you, Jerry? Good. Doing good. I got a question for Mr. Shalott. Okay. Um, on a uh, deal with the the developer of the neighborhood, sold it to a new developer, and um, he would, in the process, would have one vote per lot, which would be able to control anything uh, to be done with the covenants. In the previous HOA board, he, he claims, the new developer claims, they did not give him 90 days notice on the amendment that was passed to take away his voting ability. So he's threatening to, you know, sue. So do we do we have any 
way to negotiate or deal with that? Or is we just going to have to concede where he'd go back to where he does have a vote for each lot? Because he says they didn't, the previous board did not give him 90 days notice before this amendment was voted on. You have to look at your HOA rules and regulations because those mm-hmm. are a contract between the developer or the original owner, which would be called a developer here in your in your situation, and those who buy lots. Uh, when you buy a lot, if you are aware of that HOA and it's filed as a record on your lot, then consequently you agree to that contract. And so it's a matter yep. of contractual interpretation, so you have to look at the contract itself and then see uh, what gives the a developer or an owner the authority. Uh, I mean, a developer is really just an owner of lots, uh, and consequently right. you have to look and see. Now, some of them have a situation where after so much percentage, then it uh, transfers over to a board, uh, but they're all different as to how they're written. So you just have to look at the contract and see how it uh, is determined, and if the board has acted inappropriately, then like a stockholder in a corporation, uh, an owner can uh, contest that board and contest what the board has done or what the HOA has done, just like you could if they have done something that violates the terms or conditions uh, with your lot. So, yeah, yeah, and HOAs can really be convoluted because the lots sell with uh, the CCRs attached to the the land. Mm -hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. And then there is also HOA bylaws in addition to that. And usually yeah. the CCRs are very difficult to change. The bylaws are usually not so difficult to change. But it will all be spelled out in there. When you say CCRs, okay. define that for Jerry and oh, others. Uh, conditions, covenants, and restrictions. Right. Right. And those yeah. are filed with filed of record you can look if in oklahoma county you can get them right off the county website and in uh cleveland county which is where i think you are that Mm -hmm. you're going to have to just call the county assessor's office they will have those for you and you probably have a copy of those ccrs yeah clerk uh yeah well the county the county clerk clerk does the the filing or just go down there they're very helpful Cleveland County. Yeah. yeah. I really love going down there. We did a... Well, I guess it's just a matter of they said they did give notice, and he says he didn't, so well, I don't know how to... Then they'll have to substantiate that they gave notice, and how were they required that, yeah. to give notice? It yeah. was by, yeah, just okay. by U.S. mail, by certified mail, by dog and pony, what? So you have to look at yeah. what it says. Yeah, and okay. uh, I think I would rather be in a position to where it would... If it wants to change, that somebody else has to file suit because I would not want to have to file suit because you, anyone yeah. initiating it, uh, it's going to cost them money to do that. Right. And, right. you know, well, why? you also have to look and see if the uh, CCRs or the bylaws uh, have a provision for recovering costs and attorney's fees. Some of them do, some of them don't. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, well, thanks, Becky. Yeah. Always well, listen to you. Thank Hope you, Jerry. You're doing well. Okay. Okay. We are doing well, aren't we, Mark? I think we are, Jerry. <laughs> thanks for the call. Great question. Yeah. So we're talking about scary things that have changed. Is what else? We can talk about doing well. What if you're not doing well? <laughs> That's <laughs> there's our segue. 
very recently, and I know we a year ago we were lamenting this, and I was griping about it. I admit I was complaining uh, about the change that Oklahoma did to their Durable Power of Attorney Act. Because it was ridiculous. Well, I talked to my state representative. She came by to ask for my vote a few Saturdays ago. Is that Stephanie? No. Oh, okay. My state representative. Oh, okay. She she and I had a little bit of a conversation over uh, uh, what happened, and uh, she gave me a little bit of information, and I heard some other information uh, through the grapevine. But in any event, when they passed the Durable Power of Attorney Act last year, uh, they adopted this national form idea, this uniform act, but it specifically eliminated health care powers of attorney. And that threw all of us into a tizzy because, okay, your power of attorney is you're appointing an agent to help you if you are, if you're incapable of acting and, uh, you could do it for financial matters, but not for healthcare decisions. Well, if you are incapacitated, that's one of the necess- necessities that you would have. So, uh, we complained a lot about that. Uh, the state legislature, uh, figured out that that wasn't such a great idea. So they passed a new law and instead of just gutting the old one or the, the new old one, the old new one. The one a year ago. Uh, the one a year ago. Okay. And, and and putting it all together, what they decided to do was pass an additional law. So consequently, we have a financial power of attorney law and also a health care power of attorney law. They're, they're different. They're different formats. The health care power of attorney requires two witnesses and a notary to sign it. And it is uh, not uh, not entirely uh, unlimited. Uh, you can appoint an agent we used to call them attorney, in fact. Now they're called an agent. Uh, and old ones are still valid. They were careful to do that. And uh, ones that were done in the interim are ratified, so they're valid. Uh, but if you want to withhold life-sustaining treatment or hydration nutrition, you still have to do an Oklahoma Advance Directive form as well because that was specifically carved out. So... It's still not the best, not as good as it used to be, but it's better than it was. But if you do not have a durable power of attorney, doesn't matter if you're elderly or in the prime of their life like like Mark uh, or uh, young uh, like uh, like Mike over here, uh, then you still need uh, a durable power of attorney. You still would want one. Car wrecks, uh, stroke, covid uh, anything else that can come along can incapacitate you. And the question is always, who then takes over for you for your financial matters, your business matters, your checking accounts, your insurance payments, your taxes, uh, your credit card bill? And who makes the decision for you on health care matters? Do you get this kind of treatment? That? Do you go to the hospital? Do you go to the nursing home? Uh, what about dental care? What about uh, psychological care? So there's a lot of things that you want to protect uh, yourself with. And that's what this is all about. It's protecting the individual. When my clients come and see me, I stress. It is to protect you. It gets pretty complicated. And why do we care as real estate professionals about this kind of thing? Well, you run into situations where people sometimes have to liquidate assets. And how can they manage the house? Or who manages the house? Uh, Who pays the bills? Who uh, and it's not always just the homestead, but it's also maybe other real property that they have that they would need to transfer out. Who has the authority to do that if 
you are incapable of doing it. And, well, that's a big question, right? That's, and, that is the big question. And you and I have had this discussion you, for about two decades now. Yeah, and you can have a different person in charge of your finances. And, I mean, like say you've got two children. You could have – they don't even have to be your children in charge, by the way, do they? No, it doesn't have to be a child. Uh, usually it's spouse is the number one, but not always. I've had some where the, well, the spouse is incapacitated him or herself. So, yeah, you could have different people be the agent in charge of the financial or the health care. But your difficulty that I always caution is that, well, if one can authorize you to go to the hospital, but the other says, yeah, but I got the checkbook, how are you going to pay for it? You know, that could be an issue. So you you certainly want to have a coordination. And what I always in, advise people to do is Talk to whoever you're going to put in this position. Make sure they'll do it. Make sure they would would do it. Make sure they know what you want and they would do what you want because you don't want to be in a situation where they're, oh, surprise, you have to do all this work. It's an it's not a very good paying position. Does it pay? Uh, you could compensate, but not really. Yeah. Yeah. I, I know that uh, my in-laws were – they had good friends that were in El Paso, Texas, and they were the executors of their estate And at, when they died. And it, there was no money to be had. These people had no children, but Mary and Bill had to go back and forth from – this was back before all of our computer stuff, so anyway, a – it's a lot of work. It can take a lot of expense. So pick somebody that knows what they're doing. Whenever we have someone who says, I have a house to sell, we always check two things. Who's on title and who has the authority to actually sell it. Yeah, and sometimes, yeah, that's Some, different, right? Sometimes that can be different. And we'll be right back with more with Ron Shalott on Oklahoma Real Estate on the Move, News Radio 1000, KTOK. Welcome back to Oklahoma Real Estate on the Move. It's time for our smoking hot deal. Our smoking hot deal is brought to you by Casa Perico Mexican Grill, located on the south corner of 122nd and Penn, and on 63rd, just west of Meridian, and in Yukon on Main Street. Casa Perico. <laughs> Today is the day to go get the fish and shrimp soup. Oh. Now that is not menudo. It's okay? not menudo. Now they do have menudo today. They start they have I believe if I'm if I'm saying this correctly, I believe on Friday and Saturdays uh at Cosperico if you are a menudo fan then yep. that is for you. That would not. That is not me. for me. I'd love all sorts of weird foods. I've had all sorts of weird foods in my life. Um, that's not, but people who love it, love it. Oh yeah. Yeah. It's an acquired taste, I guess, but I won't try it enough to acquire that taste. I won't describe it. If you don't know what it is, just Google it. That's what Google's there for. So our smoking hot deal is 1504 Alice Drive in El Reno. This is a four bedroom, two and a half bath, nearly uh, 3,600 square feet built in 1980. On almost two acres. Yep. Great, great acres, great yard. Um, All one level. 
Yep, everything, large ranch, all on one level. It is priced at $83 a square foot. That's unheard of. Yeah. If it doesn't, if it's not a three-digit number, it's almost unbelievable, isn't <laughs> it? Well, it, it does have some fixing to do. It does, but it's getting a new roof put on it, uh, which is always a big thing for, you know, Oklahoma. Is well, to especially have that, new roof. that big of a house on one level, that's a lot of roof. It's a lot, a lot of roof. Okay. So if you want to see the smoking hot deal, you can go to BeckyIvans.com, click on search listings. You'll see it right there. You can take a virtual listing or give our office a call and we'll go out and show it to you. It's 405-722-3232. That's 722-3232. On the website, you can just punch the contact us button too. You can do that. It says, do you want to schedule a uh, showing you can do it right from the website and mark will take you right there right mark i'll meet you there there you go <laughs> uh we're with my attorney ron shallot and by the way i just kind of have to do a little tiny commercial here if ever you wanted to get an ideal attorney that actually knows the law uh is a fair on fees and charges timely and really good in court you need to contact ron shallot and uh how do you find him mark you can go to beckyivans.com click on becky's favorites you'll see ron uh shallot right there or you can go to okcitylawyer.com 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 okay so ron tell us what else is new in the law well, I, I appreciate the compliments very much. I'm humbled by that. Now I f- feel that I have to do great. You do great all the time, but, but continue, please. <laughs> well, as of November 1, there was, uh, in effect now, a modification to the Landlord-Tenant Act. Hallelujah. We finally got some change in the Landlord-Tenant Act. That's been around forever, uh, unchanged. And it's something that's been very important because we've had a lot of situations where people have had things that uh, landlords have not been doing to fix the uh, residences. And uh, it's been quite difficult uh, up until uh, November 1. If you wanted to do that uh, fixing yourself uh, where the landlord refuses to act, you had uh, a max amount of $100, which I'm sure in the 80s was worth something. But uh, nowadays, uh, it's tough to get a good meal for less than $100, it seems like. So uh, they've changed that law. Uh, Now you can recover an amount equal to or less than one month's rent. Of course, there are some qualifiers to it. It's not an automatic situation. You have to uh, show that it's a fair and reasonable fix, uh, the amount. Uh, You also have to, prior to that, uh, give notice to the landlord in writing of the intention to correct. Uh, you allow 14 days, uh, and then you can submit the work to be done in a workmanlike manner, uh, but you got to give the landlord an itemized statement. You can deduct it from the rent. So uh, there's uh, a... Uh, there's uh, limitations There's to limitations that. on it, but it, but it gives tenants the capability at least of having some a bargaining room with a landlord to put the landlord uh, into uh, notice and to get the work done. And and I do know because I have uh, read that there are a couple of legislators, state legislators, who are looking to actually increase it to two months or three months rent. Uh, 
probably because the cost of building materials has gone up so much. And uh, so a one month may no longer be uh, equitable for the fix. So I've got a couple of examples, and you tell me if the Landlord-Tenant Act covers this. The roof had a leak. The roof's been replaced, but the landlord has not painted the ceiling. So it's got that ugly yellow stain on the ceiling. Can the tenant pay to have that done and collect back and just take it out of the rent? Does it materially affect the health of the uh, of the tenant? And well, that's and that's the thing. It's if it's not one of those health issues, uh, just you didn't like the color of the ceiling. That's not going to cut it. It's, it's got to be, and that's the idea. Is a it's a health and safety issue. And the hot water tank goes out, and the landlord does not make any effort to replace that water tank, uh, or repair it, or and repair hot- it. Hot water is something that is uh, certainly uh, a health issue. Okay. Uh, so, uh, you know, I would argue that that would be a part of it. Uh, but some of these things can get a little fuzzy as to whether this is really a, a health issue or not. Uh, things such as, you know, repairing a banister or, or uh, repairing a step, things of that nature. Those can be a little on the fuzzy side depending upon the situation so you want to be careful on it and certainly uh, if you do have a question you do want to seek legal counsel uh, on that issue and the landlord tenant act is really easy to find by the way it's not all that long it's about what 20 21 two pages long not that long and you can actually find summaries of it uh, on the bar oklahoma bar association website uh, as well as other places just look at the the date on the revision date because it was revised in 2022 so get the latest on that and basically it's kind of warm safe and dry well and the the revision probably the, the this recent revision may not be in a lot of the forms that are out there yet because a lot of them will not have updated their uh, their summary of it so uh, you certainly have to be aware of that Okay. As always, Ron Shalott, thank you for taking the time. Uh, our caller, Ann, I'm sorry we did not have a chance to get to you. We ran out of time. There's always so much content with Ron Shalott. If you want to listen to the past Ron Shalott podcast with us, you can go to iHeartMedia app, the iTunes, or anywhere a podcast and just look up Oklahoma Real Estate on the Move. Thanks for being with us as always right here. Oklahoma Real Estate on the Move, News Radio 1000, KTOK.